Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I even hung up the LT picture just for my man. Rajim dressed like the big blue crew. Me, Coulter Nuanez. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Hope you're having a phenomenal week. It's Friday around here for us. Last show of the week. And when we come back on the other side, pretty much uh, this is it for me in terms of, you know, summer break. We've certainly been working around here. But um, we're into football season by the time we're on the air again after today. So we're going to talk football all show long. Why wouldn't yeah, we? baby! <laughs> Right, Gene Seabrook rolling with us. Usually it's uh, actual Friday that he comes in, but kind enough to move some things around and come join us here uh, on this Wednesday. So uh, thanks for being here, and uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in. You always can listen, 1029 ESPN Radio around Western Montana. You can always watch SWX Montana Television, and you can always stream either on the ESPN MT app or on 1029ESPN.com. You want to be a part of today's show? Well, we got some free wings for you. Desperado, Wing It Wednesday. Mm, mm, mm. That's coming up here in about 45 minutes, so stay tuned for that. But if you want to be a part of the show in any way, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. I, I got to say, so a lot of times, you know, when you open up public comments or, you know, public text threads like that, you sort of... Brace yourself for for the stuff that's going to come in. You guys are all really smart. All the pretty much all the texts we get on the ESPN text line are good, and we've been asking for ideas to talk about. You guys are all you guys are following along. You know what we're talking about, and uh, you know a lot about sports. So, can, can I don't mean to cut you off in the opening uh, thing, but I want you to hold up a mirror, man, and look at yourself. <clears throat> Usually, 
um, fan bases reflect mm. the host or reflect the 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 overall tenor of a show. Um, you are one of the, the the smartest things I know. Walking around on two legs, well, thanks, man. So it's, it it should come of 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 no sh- of no wonder to you or anyone listening to the show involved with the show that your listeners are also going to be smart. So um, way to have a reciprocitous effect on the community and the state and the nation because you know you have followers across across the the great U.S. of A. and um, yeah, man, I'm, 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 this is a proud interject. I'm, I'm just going to let you know that's reflective of you, my man. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks to all of you, too, for your continued engagement and continued great uh, ideas. Couldn't do it without you, man. Thanks for uh, always being so supportive. Of course. Um, w- w- so on that note, we're going to talk NFL. We're going to keep talking the quarterback series. We're going to keep talking baseball because a lot of you guys have been really engaging in the baseball talk, which is fun. I loved getting back into the baseball. I went to my first Paddleheads game last night, so check them out. Uh, for, first of this season, uh, check them out. Definitely going to go back. It was a very, very fun time. We also have uh, an excerpt from the from the uh, Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. It's a Women's World Cup edition, so Andrew Houghton's got a nice interview for us. Our ESPN Roundtable this week is going to be all things Big Sky Conference football. I have all sorts of talking points about the league, about the Grizz, about the Cats. uh, As we are fast approaching, Media Day for the Big Sky Conference is Monday in Spokane. So Andrew will be headed over the hill. We'll be doing the show live from the studio, but he'll be contributing. We'll also have guests from the Big Sky kickoff coming on live. Uh, So looking forward to that. We'll talk all the way around the Big Sky Conference in football for pretty much the whole second hour. I have a whole bunch of things to talk to Rajim about and also... Uh, Andrew and I cut a new Big Sky Breakdown podcast right before the show, so we have an excerpt of that to share with you here uh, on this show as well. So a uh, ton, a ton, a ton of football talk, plus some free wings and some Women's World Cup uh, coming up here uh, on this Wednesday. As I mentioned, I'm out the next two days playing in uh, an event I love every single year uh, at the Missoula Country Club. Appreciate my great friend Nick Tabor for always inviting me. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be golfing the next several days. Uh, this is sort of like the thing that, you know, I... I love I love playing golf just because I love competing. I love just testing myself. I think it's one of the most challenging sports that has ever been created, both physically and mentally. I think the fact it's a lifelong sport also is very rewarding. And the fact that you can compete at it uh, even as you grow older, I think that's really fun as well. But even when I'm just, you know, hacking around with my buddies and, you know, playing on the weekends, I'm always trying to prepare for this tournament. So this is sort of like the height of it. And then, you know, the golf, unfortunately, gets less prevalent as football season becomes. But uh, this is kind of it for me. And then we'll be rolling uh, into all things Big CA Conference and uh, wide world of football. So a ton of stuff coming up. We're going to have as many of the high school coaches and players on as we can in the month of August to preview uh, the entire fall sports season, but specifically high school football. We'll also have a ton of Big Sky Conference stuff and a ton of NFL stuff as well. Still ironing out all the details, but we'll have uh, basically the same arsenal of of contributors and guests and co-hosts as we usually have. So uh, very much looking forward to it. A couple things for you before we start talking NFL, Rajim. First of yes. all, first of all we talked, I talked about this with Carolyn the other day. We're like in the age of the documentary there's documentaries about everything. Like you go on Netflix or Amazon Prime or HBO. There's just so many documentaries. There's a lot of really good ones, though. Absolutely. Um, I thought of one that I, I haven't watched yet, but I've been meaning to watch. It was in Missoula, I think, two summers ago. It's called Summer of Soul. I know we texted oh, about it. Oh, dude. Yeah, let's talk about that. We, we texted about it, and we were actually thinking about maybe going to the Roxy together, and then it just didn't work out, and I never watched it, but it's on one of the streaming platforms. Now, did you end up going to see it, or have you seen it? Well, uh 
one of the organizations that I helped found and then the organization I worked for, we hosted the Summer of Soul um, outdoor um, oh, right. last summer and then it got rained out. Oh, right. But we're, we are rehosting it. it. It will be the uh, actually a year to the date um, next month in August. So oh, cool. Go and go and check that. So where's out. that at? Uh, on the north side. Uh, oh, cool. Over there, where uh, the Head Start building, where they put all their outdoor cinema at. Sweet. So yeah, check out that website. So definitely um, remind me that day because we'll help yeah. remind people out there uh, for no, sure. Summer Soul is is historical in the in in a lot of aspects, and it's a it's it's so weird how historical it is, but how little known. Uh, it's very little well uh, known. for sure. Um, historical uh, speaking, musically, socially, and culturally, it was the Black Woodstock. For sure, um, right. And a lot of people didn't know that this was like almost go not not to parallel it or try to overshadow it, but sure. there were just more opportunities for for Black artists to be showcased. Uh, you know, and, and talking about um, civil rights through music and activism and organizing through music, and um, it's it's an incredible, incredible, incredible documentary, um, an incredible movement, and the music in it is great. And I remember. One of the clips in the movie, and I just remember watching it on what used to be called the the Gail Noble Show. It was an old uh, news platform from the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, when Stevie Wonder gets up on stage, starts singing and playing the drums. Amazing. Which to me is ridiculous. Like drums are a hard instrument to play, even when you can see and feel it. Right. But to watch a you know this young visually impaired person just killing it live. Um, just makes me like want to complain a lot less about my <laughs> able-bodied self. Um, but just really awe-inspiring. Some of the best musicians and entertainers uh, America's ever seen and, and have had. And just what an incredible documentary and a, and a great turning point in America, uh, America's history. Um, that very little known, you know, common knowledge isn't, isn't one of those common uh, things known. Well, I, I can't wait for this. I'll remind you when this is getting shown. So I, I'll hold off and watch it on the streaming because I can't wait for uh, to see this uh, just here with other people in the community. Sounds great. Uh, have you seen the Wham documentary? No, man. The last time last week when I was on the show before I left to go do some work over in D.C., you were like, hey, have you seen the American Gladiator documentary? <laughs> and then, like, I'm constantly, like, a day late and a dollar short. I'm like, totally. I'm two books behind the last book you gave me. <laughs> yeah. and I'm two documentaries behind the last one that you know you recommended, but I did start the American Gladiator oh, okay. documentary. Wholly different perspective, right? Man. Like totally, right? What are we doing? It's a crazy. It's doc, a crazy. Right? Well, no, maybe because we we we've just recreated the same type of madness. It's just called Facebook or totally, TikTok or totally. other just platforms in which people are just hoping it sticks to the wall and it it, it becomes a thing, but. Yeah, uh, quarterbacks on definitely on the uh, on the docket. I'm actually going to binge watch that with my son. Nice on our way down to Arizona to watch some preseason football here in a couple of weeks. Nice. Yeah, I think you'll appreciate one uh, how all three of the characters. I think that a lot of people went into it thinking these guys have these crazy lavish lives because they make so much money, and they really don't Don't. because they all just they're all just they have families. And so to be an NFL quarterback and also be a husband and a dad, that's pretty much all you can do. You don't have time to really do anything else. I mean, being an NFL quarterback is a 13, 14-hour-a-day job. So if you want to have any sort of family life, that's pretty much it. You're not going mm-hmm. out and doing all this crazy stuff. You're just training, practicing, competing, dad, and that's it. So I, I think you'll appreciate, though, as a, as a busy dad uh, yourself. But we were talking about this yesterday. We got a great text from a listener that asked, at what point – 
does Patrick Mahomes surpass Tom Brady as the greatest of all time? So I think this is an interesting question. It's Nuana's now, ESPN Radio. Rajim Seabrook uh, rolling with us here on uh, this Wednesday. That's a Friday for us. Uh, no show the next two days. We'll be back at it on uh, Monday, so looking forward to that. But I, I have, I've often sort of debated this with myself and with other uh, sports pundits. But I'll just leave it an open-ended. How do you define legacy? There's so many factors that go into defining legacy. Uh, but Tom Brady has this sort of undeniable legacy. But how do you define just legacy in general when it comes to evaluating sports figures? When I evaluate, uh, evaluate, whew, you see what happens when you do not get me coffee, Mr. Nuanez? <laughs> I'm disappointed. Um, I wait until the person's career is over. I want to look at the whole body of their work. Um, you know, there are people who have done done amazing things for three years, and then the next nine are mediocre at best. So I I wait to see um, what the player or a team or a group has done once it's all concluded. Um, the other part of what I deem as uh, successful things and legacies and things like that is um, longevity doesn't always include transcendence. Right, exactly. Right? So when I look at Jawan Howard, who played in the league for, I don't know, four decades? For, forever. Um, forever, right? Long long career, you know, g- good for him, kudos and all yep. that stuff, but he wasn't a transcendent figure outside right. of being part of the Fab Five. Sure. Taylor right. Rose, same thing. They both played 14 years in the, NFL, in the NBA, and uh, both were good, fine players. Oh, yeah. Uh, their peak, probably all-star caliber players for a couple years, yep. uh, but certainly were not... You know, slam dunk, surefire, top seventy-five players of all time. Like no, a lot of no, no, thought no. They might have been. No, not at all. Yeah. So, for me, um, what creates transcendence, which then helps define one's legacy, and I wrote this down: are I want to see your stats, and did you change the game? Sure. Or did the game have to change because of you? Yep. The culture. What did you influence the culture within your sport and the culture without, without outside of your sport? Yep. Right, and then. How did you change the outlook of your sport once you were done? Yeah. So, you know, when there's always the comparison, who's the next Walter Payton? Who's the next right. Joe Montana? Who's the next Tom Brady? To me, when you start having questions like that surround your name, the longevity within the transcendence to me is the type of uh, the type of criteria that then leaves a legacy. I think that the, the running back position is a very interesting one to talk about in the scope of what you just sort of laid out. Yep. Because there's guys like... Curtis Martin, Corey Dillon, uh, Frank Gore. These guys are all top 10 rushers in NFL history in terms of oh, yeah. maybe top 20 rushers. Hall of Famers. In, in, term, in terms of career yardage. Absolutely. Uh, for example, I guess what I'm getting at is that Frank Gore has more rushing yards and played for longer than Adrian Peterson. Frank totally. Gore is by no chance better than Adrian Peterson. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, the running backs, so much longevity can give you elevated numbers, but like Emmitt Smith's the all-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL. He certainly is one of the great running backs ever, but I think you could probably name 10 guys ahead of him that even have fractions of what his numbers are just because they had that transcendence you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, guys like Walter Payton and Barry Sanders and Adrian Peterson and Jim Brown and Gail Sayers. Terrell and, Davis. I mean, all, the, all those guys are probably better than... Uh, Terrell Davis and Emmett Smith is a good one, but mm-hmm. but there's a lot of guys that are more transcendently talented. It's also interesting yes. in, in the NBA, too, right? Like, Bill Russell is considered one of the GOATs because of all, you know, 11 mm-hmm. rings in 13 years. Jordan went 6-for-6 six six in the finals. 
those guys are kind of for sure on the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. But then you also have these these moments in time. There's so many guys that have had great NBA careers that were never, ever the best player in the league. Then there was also other guys like Bill Walton comes to mind, who was the single best player in the NBA for two years. But that was it, because then he de- injuries just decimated his body. His, his body. Yeah. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, Patrick Ewing had a way better career than Bill Walton. But, but Patrick Ewing was never the best player in the NBA. No. Bill Walton was. Absolutely. That that carries a lot of weight for me. Mm-hmm. Let me look at the guy over your shoulder, Lawrence Taylor. Best right? linebacker ever. I would say he's the best defensive football player ever. Ever. And ever. There's guys that have more sacks and higher statistical. There is nobody that changed the game like Lawrence Taylor. There's nobody Absolutely. that struck fear into the heart of, of opponents like Lawrence Taylor. No, and that's and that to me, you know, is the criteria. Did you change the game? Did you change the culture? Yeah. Did you change uh, coaching styles, tactics, habits, and, and strategies? If you did that within your longevity and all the accolades, then you're in legacy mode all the time, baby. Uh, and, and then you got the guys that are like the true goats. Like, Reggie White is the all-time leader in sacks and had the longest, most successful NFL career, and he also was the best player in the league for a full decade. Oh, hands down, without <laughs> you know? a doubt. So he has all the levels of that, and that's where... So that's why it brings me back to this conversation then about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, Brady's legacy, just in terms of his longevity, combined with his statistical production, combined with his success combined with what he meant to the NFL mm-hmm. is unparalleled. The guy the guy played Agreed. for 10 you know he played in 10 Super Bowls, he's won 7 of them. He played in the, the AFC Championship game 14 times. 14 times during his career he was in the final four. It's crazy. So to catch up to that legacy, it's going to take Patrick Mahomes forever. I mean, he, he you know, Patrick Mahomes is probably a decade plus away from even being able to sniff all that. Mahomes has been great. He's been to four AFC Championship games, two, two Super, Super Bowls, Bowls, and he's won a Super Bowl. I guess now he's, no, he's, he's won three Super Bowls been, and he's been won three two. And he's won two. That's yeah. exactly right. Excuse me. Because that's right. Because in in quarterback he sets that up. Yeah. Going into last season, he said, "I've been to four championship games. I've been to the Super Bowl twice. I won yep. one. I lost one. Then they got to their fifth championship game, third and, Super and Bowl, third Super Bowl, and won two and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But still, he's just so far away from Brady in terms of of longevity when it comes to legacy. But I also would say that Mahomes is one of the few guys that could say definitively that he's played the position at a higher level than Brady ever did for a moment in time. I would agree. I I would say yes and yes. There's no yes, no, 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 yes right there, Coulter. I would also say that given the body of work and how early it began for Mahomes, he is on a trajectory to possibly mirror that or surpass it, given the trajectory, if we're talking in a hypothetical uh, sense. If there's... When you look at Brady's career, the first few years, Brady didn't do what Mahomes right. did. There's totally. Not even, it means apples and oranges, squares and circles. The, 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 the path to get to the greatness of Grady, Mahomes, is, Mahomes is, is on that path. For sure. Whether he's able to maintain that for as long as Brady was able to do it, I'm not sure. Especially uh, when you think about the way teams and the business of the NFL were structured in those, you know, the the first half of his career in New England versus yeah. Kansas City. Here in two years from now, will Mahomes even be there? Can they afford to keep him type situations? Well, and, that, and that's right. And who else will or will not be in Kansas City? Bingo. That's the other thing. Is yeah. We think of Bill Belichick as this crotchety old man now. But when Tom Brady first broke into the lineup in 2000-2001 for the Patriots... Belichick was a younger coach. He was only in his mid forties. It just mm-hmm. was. It just lasted for twenty five years, and that's totally. why he's now a senior citizen. Uh-huh. Uh There's not nearly the 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 closeness in, in age gap with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been an old coach since he started coaching Patrick Mahomes. 
I guess what I'm saying is if Mahomes plays 15 more years, there's no way Andy Reid's his coach. No, I mean, no. And so and that's going to be a no. huge transition because yeah. Mahomes is so exceptionally talented. Gifted. Watching this deal, I mean, he, he gifted is the perfect word. He's a true football savant. It's not just his physical stuff. The way he absorbs Andy Reid's, like when they were just in the meeting rooms and stuff, it's crazy. I mean, he is so smart football-wise that he just learns. He's, he's an instantaneous learner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he also has one of the great teachers ever. Yeah, it kind of helps. How How, you know... How will it be different if he has a different teacher? It's going to have an impact on Mahomes' career one way or the other when the time comes for Andy Reid to step away because I think it's coming sooner than later. Yeah, it'll be another one of those moments. I mean, and, and Belichick and Brady are a great compar- uh, com- you know, comparative note uh, because we had that same question, like, will will Brady still be good without Belichick and vice versa? Sure. And, and now, the job went 1-1 on his own, and Belichick hasn't sniffed the playoffs since. I, I know. I haven't seen the cutoff hoodie in a while, man. So, you know, <laughs> the, the, but the dark empire still looms in the Northeast. Well, I do think there's an element of just time, place, all that that goes into legacy building as well. I mean, Michael Jordan's certainly one of the great players in the history of the NBA. I do think he had this comprehensive marketing campaign to tell the world that he was the greatest player in the NBA, though, for a really long time. Like Michael Jordan's image and his marketing abilities and his global uh, sort of Appeal. Icon, icon status yes. certainly elevated people's opinions of him as a basketball player as well. And I'm not taking anything away. I think he's one of the, one of the greats. I, I think he is probably one of the three greatest players of all time. But I, I do think that Nike and Gatorade and the Dream Team and, you know, playing for Phil Jackson, playing in Chicago, all those things really played into Michael Jordan's legacy building as well. Well, I, I think that's an interesting perspective because even though his legacy was built, he was still scoring all those points, still winning all those rings. So, that's right. So, you know, what came first, the chicken nugget or the Egg McMuffin? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's kind of hard to uh, assess, tease out, and ascertain that from that perspective only, Coulter. What would... So, so let's just talk resume. Yes. Brady's got s- seven rings... 10 Super Bowl appearances, 14 championship games. He's a, a, a multiple-time MVP. I think he maybe is a four-time MVP. I'm going to look that up real quick. Uh, now, Mahomes has got himself a second ring, and uh, he's been to five championship games. What would Mahomes have to accomplish over the next 10 to 15 years? Does he have to get to seven rings, or where, where are we at? Like... If Mahomes, let's say Mahomes stalls out at three or four, can he be in the conversation with Brady? How many how many rings does Mahomes have to have to be in the conversation? I, you know, I if he never won another but continued along where he is, statistically speaking, I, two's enough. You think so? You know, I, I I think actually the more appearances and the more losses you have, actually like almost in a weird way, opposite galvanizes you. <laughs> you start looking, you start sure. paying more attention. In the, and my best way to speak to that and about that is LeBron James, right? Interesting. LeBron James, all-time scoring leader, just taken, what, uh, three or four different teams to the NBA Finals, da 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 is one X amount. But now the losses in the Finals are starting to almost overshadow the wins, Right, so even though Tom Brady's done what he's done, some of the losses at seven and three mark, it starts it starts to almost nullify some things in certain ways. So if Patrick Mahomes goes in three and wins two and comes out two and one, or wins goes four and one, his ratio of wins, albeit not as many appearances, the win factor, the the, the win to loss ratio almost favors 
and regalvanizes a guy like Patrick Mahomes versus a Tom Brady. If you get what I'm saying, I, I do. I I think that I don't know if we're ever going to see seven rings by a single starting quarterback again. No, I doubt that very highly. Mostly, I think it's because, like right now in the AFC, Mahomes has more competition than Brady ever had during his prime. Brady had to, the, the great luxury of being in the AFC East when the AFC East had no good teams in it. No, you were guaranteed a 5-1 a, a a, or 6-0 and o record in, every year. In, in the division every totally. year. Totally, I agree with that. Right now, Patrick Mahomes, he, he has, even though he is the best player in the National Football League, he has several really talented peers that are of the same, similar age. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. I mean, he's going to have Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. I mean, Absolutely. On all these guys are the same age. They're going to have to go through each other forever. That that in itself, you know, Brady had Peyton Manning, sort of. But, sort of. But that's one. It's not multiple. The way the AFC is set up right now, Patrick Mahomes is playing an AFC divisional or AFC conference championship game every other week. Right. If if if, if, he, if you can savvy I mean, that, think about that. We didn't that. even meet Josh. We didn't even say Josh. Josh Allen. Allen? I mean, Yo, Josh Allen's no. an elite top level. Well, you playing Herbert twice. For sure, right? And for a minute there in the AFC West, that was that was a tough conference to play in. For sure, you had some of the top. Well, AFC West is good. It, oh, it's really good, especially if the Donkeys figure it out. If the Broncos can get, I mean, the Broncos have rarely been really bad until these last couple of years. If they could figure it out, I mean, they're a very proud franchise, regardless of what you think of them. Pete Carroll's not coaching there anytime soon. I don't see the upswing. Of, uh, <laughs> totally, totally. So, yeah, another another segment, another story for another day, but. Patrick Mahomes, and I love I love this conversation, Coulter. Patrick Mahomes has to face fiercer, fiercer competition week in and week out, ever more so ever than Brady did until it was the latter, you know, later rounds of the playoffs. And you never know what a guy like Trevor Lawrence fully morphs into. I mean, we talked about him Oof. last week as a bona fide MVP. He's, he, I like that cat. This year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Mahomes right now is riding high. He is the king. Absolutely. But guess what? There's one guy for sure, for certain, and there's a whole bunch of other guys that could challenge for the throne, but there's one guy that thinks he deserves the throne, and that's Joe Burrow. He's he's the only guy that has straight up out-dueled Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs uh, amongst this group. So he could, I mean, let's say the Bengals just go in the Super Bowl this year. Now all of a sudden, we're having a whole different conversation. We're talking about, ooh, who's the guy that's going to chase Brady more, Mahomes or Burrow? Right. Well, Burrow's, Burrow's got to win a lot going he does. before he does. We, that conversation he does, but even he's, comes he's, into fruition. But, he's, but been, he, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to three championship games now. Absolutely. And he's and he's pushed Patrick off. He's won know. in Kansas City. Absolutely. And uh, I like that. He Patrick Mahomes is the king, but there's a lot of Earls, Dukes, and Thanes <laughs> out there as well. That's exactly right. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. So, uh, watching this quarterback gave me a lot of re- this quarterback series on Netflix gave me a lot of respect for Mahomes, even though I think that his personality is abrasive and not necessarily that enjoyable. He works so hard and he's so talented, and when those two things meet, it's pretty it's pretty fascinating to watch. I mean, he has these crazy gifts, but he also loves it. He's obsessed with it, and he works as hard and smart as anybody I've seen. And uh, then you put all that with one of the great arms ever. It's impressive to watch, even though I don't particularly like him as a you know, as a personality or whatever. Well, you don't have to like him to respect him. No, that's, that's exactly, exactly what it sounds like. That's exactly like. right. Then I watch it, this thing with Kirk Cousins, and man, I would love if Kirk Cousins was my neighbor. I would love it if he was picking my kids up from school. I don't want him to be the quarterback of my team. Like this whole documentary just completely <laughs> reemphasizes what I already knew to be true. All you guys are texting me out there. You're all saying, "Watch quarterback. You're gonna love it." You're going to love Kirk Cousins. I love the show. I don't like Kirk Cousins anymore from watching this. In fact, I think he's so soft. <laughs> and so then it got me dwelling on one of my favorite questions. 
we're, we're going to play a little game here. Uh-oh. I think we would for sure definitively agree that we would take the following quarterbacks over Kirk Cousins, no doubt about it. There's no, there, there's no discussion. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. Or any of those, I mean, so I guess the, the two are Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson or Kurt Cousins. Are, are, you, are you leaning towards Kurt in any of those matchups? No. Exactly. Okay, no. So, so Not at all. So we definitively have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys that are definitively better than Cousins. Okay? Yes. Justin Fields or Kurt Cousins? At this point in their career, Justin Fields. Matt Stafford or Kurt Cousins? Kurt Cousins. Man, okay. I, I, I sorry. I, I'm here for it. St- Stafford struggling but, to but, stay healthy. But Stafford's won big games before. Kirk Cousins has won one big game ever in his whole career. Yeah, if I, I mean, I, we're talking today, right now. Today, right now. I got to take Kirk Cousins. I, I think I'm with you. I think. I think. I think I'm with you. You know what? Push. That's a push. Matt Stafford's got a better legacy than Kirk Cousins. That's for oh, sure. Without a, and, you, and a Super want, Bowl, you want a ring. Absolutely. Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins. It's such a conundrum too because they're the two high, they're the two most overpaid players in the league. They're both fine, good, even slightly good, but they're not good enough to be forty plus million dollar quarterbacks. The only here's 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 the thing. I take Kirk Cousins slightly over Dak Prescott because Cousins doesn't turn the ball over at the same rate Prescott does. Yeah, okay. How about uh Tua Tagovailoa or Kirk Cousins? Tua. I agree. Tua. How, how about Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins? I take Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Man, I think, oh, man, it's a coin flip for me as well. That's a push, yeah. But dang. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I hate to always just be dogging on Kirk Cousins. but (laughs) constantly. Here's here's the thing, man. I looked this up the other day. Because the funniest part about this show is that Kirk Cousins lives in, like, a a nice house. But, I mean, it's a a house that somebody that we know could live in. And and I looked this up the other day. He's made $233 million in salary in his NFL career. This guy's probably got two hundred thirty-one point five million in the bank because he has spent none of it. <laughs> he wears he wears the same sweatshirt the whole show. He's wearing his little Eddie Bauer shirts. Like this guy's living the same lives as us. He just happens to have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank account. I don't know. It's just so funny, and I just can't get over it. I just I think he's a nice guy. I get, again, I'd love for him to pick my kids up from school. I just they gotta get him out of Minnesota, man. They they just gotta move on. They're, you're just stuck. You're stuck forever. You're gonna win ten games, and lose the playoffs every year. If Kirk Cousins is your guy, Colter, you just give him that middle name. He's not my <laughs> Kirk. He's not my cousin. Let's go get him out of here. See you. Watch that ESPN Radio, SWX by Ted Television, and the ESPN MT app. Got a little crazy down at the Missoula Battlehead Stadium last night. Knockout round to start the second half. Pretty cool. Plus, yesterday was a crazy day in Major League Baseball as well. We'll discuss Diamond Time coming up right after this, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences. 
in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I have failed you in a dramatic fashion because I came in here talking all tall. I can pick the songs. And then you came back here and I missed the special hip hop playlist. I was cocky and now I apologize. And now we're listening to Gus Tutel's Z100 or uh, ZZ Top. Uh, yeah, ZZ Top tracks. Free plug for the competition across the street. They did a great job, though, so it's all good. Come on, it's now ESPN Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. We were going to do uh, Latin uh, hip-hop groups today. but uh, And the importance of that community it's, within hip-hop. It's, it's been uh, delayed a little bit, but maybe we'll uh, we'll get that rolling here uh, in hour number two. But welcome back. To finish out hour number one, we got some good stuff for you. First of all, we got... Uh, some free wings for you. And second of all, we got an Ooh. excerpt from Soccer in Snow and Smoke. Uh, I know Andrew uh, cut that out for us. That's our footy 15, so that's coming up here in just a minute. But first, call us for some wings. Courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, call number three. We got a dozen wings for you to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Now, uh, Tommy, do we have this bit ready to go? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I haven't been back here in years. What's what's the name of the bit? So the bit the bit should probably be under today's date. It should just be under footy fifteen. I think Andrew uh, probably put it in there in the bits. Um, yeah, I got it. I got it. I so got what it. we it's got my here? First day on the job. <laughs> Give me some slack. This is an excerpt in Soccer and Stone Smoke. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, this is a conversation previewing the Women's World Cup. This is with Andrew Houghton, who's the host of Soccer and Stone Smoke, along with Chris Chitovitsky who's the head coach of the Grizz soccer team, and one of his assistants as well. So uh, we'll roll it. Here's the uh, excerpt from Footy 15. So if we're talking women's soccer, we still, I think, have to start with the, the U.S. women's national team going for a three-peat here coming into this one, uh, won the last two editions of the World Cup. A lot of a lot of interesting narratives around, around this year's American team. Ashley, just your general thoughts about about how the u.s looks going into it yeah i mean you mentioned that that three-peat that no men or women's team has ever done before and that's kind of what you're going to hear the rest of this time leading up to the world cup is if can they do it and it but puts a lot of pressure on them but my opinion on this is the u.s could take this home they can they can absolutely win it the, the players that they still have i know they have the injuries from becky sauerbrunn katarina macario and mallory swanson but depth that they have on this this team is pretty remarkable and I think they can still take it home if they come out like I know they can. Well that's the thing sort of about the the U.S. how strong the women's soccer program is right and this is 
a transition year in a lot of ways, I think, for the U.S. I mean, there are not a lot of familiar names from the last couple World Cup winners. I mean, Alex Morgan is still around. Julie Ertz is back in yeah. the team now. Megan Rapinoe still mm-hmm. on there. Rose Lavelle yeah. is, is still going to play a huge role. But, you know, they've lost a lot, and they're, they have weaknesses, I think, at, at certain parts of the field. Sure. You mentioned Mallory Swanson and Katarina Macario are out, mm-hmm. two, of, two of the best attackers in the world. And Becky Sauerbrunn, one of their main leader the past decade I believe of being that team captain and that'll be a tough loss just having that person to lead the back line I know they're going to have two youngsters Naomi Gurma and probably Alana Cook in the back line so I think that's going to be one of their biggest challenges in the back line yeah adjusting to playing in a world cup Mm -hmm. yeah but all of that they're still the favorites here. I mean, they're, they're still the for betting sure. favorites for the, for the Women's World Cup, which says a lot about uh, the depth of the program, like you mentioned, Ashley, and just the expectations around around that team. So who do you think are, are going to be the important players? I mean, there are going to be a lot of new names, yeah. I think, that people are going to learn from I mean, this if team. You've, if you've watched Sophia Smith in the NWSL the past, yes. this past season, it's been pretty incredible to watch her play. I think she's going to come out and blow the whole tournament away with with her scoring Mm -hmm. ability and her talent up front. And she's also got Trandy Rodman as well, who's also kind of got that same caliber as type player. So it's going to be a fun one. Rose Lavelle is Rose Lavelle. Yeah. I mean, coming from the midfield, it's Rose Lavelle, Lindsay Horan, um, Ashley Sanchez. There's quite a bit of talent all over the field. And a lot of them are going to be subs coming onto the field, which is also pretty incredible. Worried a little bit about the midfield, the defensive midfield, as we mentioned, Julie Ertz sort of came out of retirement Mm -hmm. to play for this team, and and she's going to play a big role there, either at center back or or probably in defensive midfield. Also, I think, you know, the defense, as you mentioned, just so, so interesting. I think that Naomi Girma is probably one of the most important players on this team, the the San Diego center back. She's, what, 21? Yeah. 22? Yeah. Going to be a lot of responsibility on, on her as well, how do you think it, it plays out with, with the back line and who's going to play there? Like I said, that's going to be their, their trickiest spot. I think that six role, that defensive midfield role is kind of where they've been having that question mark of who's going to play there. They've tried Lindsey Horan there. They've cr- tried Christy Mewis there. Uh, Andy Sullivan's been playing there the most recently in the friendly games. So who knows? I mean, they know they have Julia Ertz from experience, but she's just back into the squad too. So it's going to be interesting what they go with. But there's still so much talent there going is, forwards yeah. that, you know, is it going to be one of those where they're winning games 3-2 to two mm-hmm. as opposed to shutting teams out, right? I, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting, but every time I'm like, oh, I don't know if someone can catch me, just look at the rest of the roster. You're like, I don't know if anybody can. Mm-hmm. So much firepower. And Letko and the whole Federation has done a good job playing teams who can sit in a low block and can hit you on a counter because that's what they're experiencing more and more. So when we're seeing these results against some of these countries, oh, they only beat so-and-so 2-0, but those games were specifically selected for that reason. Tactically organized, can hit on a counter, and can you break them down while also playing some heavyweights? So I think they've balanced the schedule well and they've tested themselves knowing that this is what we'll see in the World Cup. Let's prepare ourselves for that. Chris, does it become a a problem at all having that much talent to sort through on the front line? I mean, do you think that there are defined roles for this group of forwards? I would imagine Alex Morgan is going to start through the middle. I don't know what else we're going to see sort of on that forward line. Does that become a a concern at all, just trying to sort that out? I would hope that they have that figured out, right? There's there's enough experience, especially Vladko coaching in the NWSL and 
just all the experience of that coaching staff. I think they they know what they're doing. Yeah. It'll be tough. They'll be again. These are high functioning players, high performing players who definitely want to play. But some of the some of them are young and should know that it's I'll play my part and my time will come. I even forgot to mention Lynn Williams, who's also exactly. having a <laughs> breakout year with uh, New Jersey, New York, in the NWSL and. I mean, she's been on fire with the national team as well. And she's one of the older players. She missed the last World Cup. I think she was dealing with some injury, but she's fired up for this one. I know that. Ashley, if you're picking one player from this team who everybody is going to know their name by the end of the tournament, who who's maybe flying under the radar right now, one of the new players who's coming into the team. I think it's going to be Sophia Smith. Okay. I think she's going to run that front line. and. And that's not even to mention as well with the, the youngster, Alyssa Thompson, as well. Yeah, you, exactly. You just remember all these names and the depth they have on this team. I think I think they're going to surpri- surprise some people with those young players. Smith could be the one, yeah, mm-hmm. that. And then I think there's going to be some Trinity Rodman moments where everyone's like, ah, oh, dang it, I thought we were catching up with those players up top. Mm-hmm. No. Trinity Rodman is, in fact, the daughter of Dennis Rodman. On the U.S. National Women's Soccer Team. Pretty crazy. Uh, World Cup starts tomorrow. Exciting. Thanks to uh, the Grizz soccer coaches for joining in on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. And thanks to Andrew Houghton for his continued efforts on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. You can find Soccer and Snow and Smoke on all your various podcast hosting platforms. And uh, we'll have episodes regularly. We also have excerpts of that podcast a couple times a month here on Nuanas Now. It's our footy 15. It's presented by Flanagan Motors. Flanagan Motors, proud to be in the Missoula community for more than 50 years and proud to be a fierce supporter of soccer around the Garden City. Appreciate Flanagan Motors for their support of our footy 15 here uh, on Nuanas Now. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. ESPN Roundtable. Big Sky Conference football style. That's next. Don't change the dial. Keep it right here. 102.9 FM ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 